The global online art business is on the rise. We'll explain how the industry is innovating and what it says about the future of businesses that we always thought just had to be IRL on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Bruno podcast, coming to you from upstate New York, beautiful Lake Mayapak. And coming to you from my mom's beautiful half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We, we break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Big thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Uh, your financial life in Google Sheets or Excel spreadsheet automatically updated every day. More than 20,000 different banks included in Tiller Money. So yours is probably there all in a spreadsheet so you can change it, make it however you want, as easy as you want, or as, as much as you want. Uh, and you'll get 10% off if you use our link at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. Big thanks to them for supporting Money with Friends. Bobby, it is the weekend, but doesn't the weekend yes. feel like a weekday? Like it all just seems to have run together now. Well, I have a child in school, so... Not so much because the weekends we have to do, we get to do, not we have to do, we get to do so much more together. So the question is, what will we be baking today? Oh, don't do that. We've been doing do a that. lot of banana, chocolate chip, walnut muffins with coconut. And I feel like we need to break out and uh, do something else. Well, it's funny you mentioned baking because a lot of people are looking for good smells, good pictures, good art in their life. Today, we're going to talk about art on the show. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick this discussion off. What's good, everybody? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. And just when you thought it could not get any better, it's time for our headlines on Money with Friends. Okay, this piece comes to us from Market Watch. It's written by Lena Siegel. Online art marketplaces enjoy renaissance amid gallery closures. And it begins. Demand for buying artworks online has more than doubled amid the coronavirus crisis, with online art marketplaces recording the best month for sales in its seven-year history. London-based ArtFinder has seen a 110% surge in new customers in April compared with the same period last year, with an artwork being sold every 12 minutes on average. The total number of artworks sold has soared at 65% year over year, with more than 1,000 artists selling that month alone. Customers also spent an average 5% more on their orders. Michael Sazeni, chief executive of ArtFinders, said the pandemic has been unprecedented in its reach, affecting the entire artist and customer community from art gallery and art fair closures to the inability to shop for some essential art supplies. However, online art venues like ArtFinder are enabling the art market to continue its operation in the pandemic age. As a marketplace business, we're very lucky that our artists are able to continue creating safely, safely self-isolating in their studios. And we've been able to reassure our customers that we're open for business and they can shop with us safely. ArtFinder offers 8,000 artists selling original paintings, prints, photographs, and sculpture. The chance to reach 450,000 subscribers across the globe. 
Because the art is sold with a 15-day money-back returns policy, buyers aren't stuck with something they don't want in their homes. Julia Swabi, one of the artists selling an art finder, said she sold more than ever before, and that's helped keep her studio afloat. Many of the pieces I've sold have been expressive works depicting joy and hope, Swabi said. The business is backed by the investors behind Spotify, Spot, and Zupia or Zoopla, rather, including Wellington Partners, Oxford Capital, and Cambridge Angels. Consumers locked down their homes have also fueled a surge in the online interior sector, with online home and leisure sector revenues growth in the UK up 134% uh, year after year, according to Statis Statiska. Uh, interesting. Artwork selling. Does that surprise you? It totally surprised me, which is part of why I selected this piece. And I also called up a friend of mine who is very plugged into the art business, Janice Gardner-Cecil. She is an independent art consultant. Now, she deals more in the high end of the market. But I asked her about this, and I also went on Art Finder and spent some time browsing on their website. And first of all, what Janice uh, Gardner-Cecil said to me was that she is finding that although people may not be buying um large works of art that you have to see in person. If an artist, number one on the high end is well known, well, that art, if somebody was planning to buy it and it's a competitive market for some of these artists, they're still buying. There might be out of a hundred people that expressed interest, maybe only 25 are going to get something from that artist's latest collection, but there's still enough at this point of that group of the high end market. As for this market, which is much more accessible, what Janice pointed out was that people, maybe if they're looking for something um, to spend the little bit of discretionary money that they have, this is an affordable way to get something that's more meaningful. You're not going to buy necessarily um, the lipstick to cheer yourself up that you might've bought in previous recessions, because you might not be going anywhere besides your Zoom calls, or maybe you still buy the lipstick. But a lot of the art on ArtFinder, which I thought was a really fun site, is incredibly affordable. A lot of works even under $100, maybe going up to a few thousand dollars. So you're home all the time. If you do have the cash, and some people, I mean, a lot of people are in dire economic straits, but some people are not, and you have some discretionary cash, maybe you're spending 100 bucks on a piece of artwork that makes you happy versus some other discretionary purchase. That's what I was thinking, Bobby, was that if your job is assured, if you're lucky enough to be in that position, but you have to work from home right now, you're finally looking at that home office and you're like, holy cow, now that I'm in here all day long, this thing needs a makeover, right? And so they're changing yeah. they're changing the look of the things around them. I love the piece the artist said about hope and joy, people buying pieces that, that give yeah. give hope and joy. You, so for that- you have, and, you, and you need art for your Zoom shot. Look at you, Joe. You've you, got art behind you. That's right. That's Right. I got my third grade. Uh, th this this kid was a genius who did this behind me <laughs> for people listening on uh, on the audio version of this show. Uh, my mom, for my 50th birthday, gave me something I did in third grade. It says Joey C. Joey C. Hi, Mrs. Berglund's third grade class. And it's a map of the U.S. truly showing genius because I don't know if you saw this, Bobby, but I gave uh, I gave West Virginia some oceanfront property. So you're welcome, West Virginia, Maryland. <laughs> I feel bad for Maryland that Maryland is tiny, but Hey, West Virginia loves me. I'll, it's, you know, you got to give and take there when you're in third grade, but, uh, I, but, 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 but I do think that, but I do think that this idea of, of making our, making our lives a little happier, a little, a little more cheerful. You know, it's funny. The one thing that you don't think about, um, and the reason I love that you pick this piece is we don't think about beauty and art. I think a lot of times, especially in the financial world, we get so worried about optimization. We think, I don't need that. I don't need that. 
you know, instead of what's going to make my life feel fuller instead of what's going to make my life cheaper. Yeah. And, and look, the other thing that, that Janice Gardner Cecil pointed out to me was that a lot of, uh, galleries are and are making it more accessible. They're doing um, Zoom calls with their potential clientele, with the artists talking about the art and making it more of a community effort and sort of not reinventing, but sort of pushing the industry forward and using the technology to do things that used to be done in person as a way of engaging people. And because people have no choice, they're giving it more of a shot than they might have in the past. I see a lot of parallels to other businesses like the fitness industry. I never had any interest in working out online. And now because I have no choice, suddenly I'm seeing not only am I interested, but I really enjoy it. And so it'll be interesting to see how this and other businesses, as I mentioned, the fitness industry and other things are going to evolve because maybe the clientele are more receptive because they see how well it can be done to doing more online. Yeah, it gives, it goes back to this theme that we've had the last couple of weeks that if you're a business owner, you have to pivot. You have to think about where is my industry headed, where are my customers headed and, and, it, and look, I mean, you got to think about your customer's uh, psyche right now. If, if I'm an artist and I'm not doing things around hope and joy, right, and, and my stuff is depressing, I'm probably not going to sell that much. And not that, you know, your art is your art, so you're not always interested in just making stuff that's commercially accessible. Uh, and I get that. That's not generally the aim of every artist. But man, for those people that are, making sure it's out there and that they're finding the customer is more important now than ever before. And I also think people are realizing that art can be much more accessible. Some of the most high-end artists, they'll do original works in, you know, in large scale and with different materials, but then there's prints that are available and you can get a really reasonably priced print that you can buy online because it's not necessarily the kind of thing that you need to experience in person. And you can use that, you know, look behind you in your Zoom shot or whatever you're doing and have a few fun different pictures. It becomes a way to express yourself, almost a work from home wardrobe. I think it's really interesting what this industry is doing in terms of innovation. And as I mentioned, the fitness industry and other industries like retail, they're all changing the way that they interact with their uh, community. And we'll see how that continues when this ends, because we have to believe this will end, this phase will end. It's funny you talk about affordable art, because when people think about the art community, the first thing we immediately do is we go to that high-end space. And I am still wondering how the high-end space is, is, uh, is, is doing right now, but I would think that even the high-end stuff is selling. Did you, did you find that out from your friend? Yeah. So like I said, so it's Janice Gardner-Sessel. She is a consultant and she does deal with extremely expensive art and she's a consultant for people that are purchasing that. And the truth is at that point, if you're a well-known artist, people know the works and they are basically online. If a, if a really top artist has a show that would have happened in a gallery, they can show that online. And because it is in that community, they are able to still sell it. There might not be as much demand, but there's enough demand for now. Yeah. I asked her, I said, do you think that this online experience will replace it? Because she says there is this now one, you know, you can now, maybe you can do in some cases a one-on-one -on -one, uh, video discussion with the artist. If you're buying their works, you know, artists will do extra things that they might not have done. They'll do these remote um, interviews and sort of salons for the patrons of the, the art community. Will that continue in the same way? I think it'll be more of a hybrid because she does say that many people do collect art partially for the experience in the community. There's a lot of parties, a lot of dinners, a lot of socialization around art. She thinks that will come back, but that this will still be appreciated maybe more than it would have been before. 
And maybe it's funny. We do this uh, live uh, today. We're on YouTube and it's funny. We're on at a strange time. So I think a lot of people don't know we're here, but JM Boots knows we're here and says, I like working out at home, but only during the live workout. So I know that I'm not alone. I mean, this idea of community too, uh, uh, maybe the art also helps give you this feeling of community. Cause I didn't think about that, but I've gone to a couple of art exhibitions and it's so fun just hanging out with this beautiful stuff all around you and uh, sharing some time with people that, uh, that are friends. Right. And you would go to those things. You wouldn't necessarily be able to interact with the artists, but now because they are doing these zoom calls with the collectors, you may have more interaction with the artists than you might have had beforehand. It's a little more democratic. You don't have to shyly approach them and, and think of something to say to them. They're, they're there with you and it creates a different kind of community because you may have a facilitator. So I think the art community is really innovating and that's a lot of what this points to. And we'll see what other industries yep. where we've always felt you had to be in person. Well, you can't be in person. So what are you doing? And I think it's interesting to see how different businesses are innovating. Uh, Dan also hanging out with us, uh, telling me not to knock Marilyn. Dan, you have to talk to third grade Joe. Third grade Joe is long gone. He knocked Marilyn. 52 year old Joe did not knock Marilyn. I think Marilyn's fine, but apparently in third grade, I was more a fan of West Virginia, just saying. So, Hey, we're going to, in just a second, have our big takeaway from today's piece, but big thanks to Tiller Money for supporting Money with Friends. You know, I use Tiller Money for my own money tracking and budget needs because of the fact that it is not an app where I can't change the things I don't like. I can change everything about it. I can make it more simple. I can make it more robust. Some people like lots of charts and graphs. I like just a few things to keep me going. Cheryl and I have a weekly money meeting. And if we can very quickly get through it and keep it fun, uh, that's what we like best. So it's available because of the fact that it's a spreadsheet. I can get it on my phone as an app. I also can get it on the web. It can be as complicated as I want or not. And it interfaces with over 20,000 different financial institutions. So whether it's the people you owe money to, like maybe your mortgage holder, the people that that, that you're renting from, or maybe it's uh, people that you or your credit card company on the other side, if it's your investment company or the people that you do business with every day, like your bank, uh, it's all there and automatically updated just like an app, but much more flexible. Head to uh, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And not only will you get uh, to kick the tires for 30 days to see if you like it like I do, but you'll also get 10% off your annual subscription because you used our link. So thanks to them. Bobby, what's our takeaway today? Kudos to the industry for being accessible. Like I said, I spent some time on our finder and I thought there was a lot of value there um, and something for everyone really. And for adapting to the new reality by leveraging the technology that we do have available, let's face it, buying a piece of art is as about as discretionary as it can get. But for those listeners, you know, looking for new business opportunities, get those oil and acrylic paint orders in so you can start your own new fine arts business. I'm going to go back to uh, a related topic, which is this idea of of making your space more lively. You know, if you're in a space, it's not always about optimization, Bobby. It is about making it prettier. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited for artists. I'm excited for the community. I'm excited for people living in a bright spot that they're happy to go to every day. You know, that's that's all that's all exciting. I think we have to remember that um, that that every day, man. It's sometimes it's those little things, you know, that get us through times like this where we're sitting in the same spot. If I like the spot, I'm much happier showing up every day. I could not agree more. And just remember, if you really are a fan of a expensive 
artist, there is a lot of accessible work out there. Um, you know, a lot of the prints and things like that, that may be an option for you posters even. So go for it, check it out and yeah, make your space a little happier. We're spending a lot of time at home. Enjoy it. Where can people help us make the show? Follow us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod. That is also our handle on Twitter. If you go to Instagram and you follow us, stick close to the stories because we will announce not only when we are recording on YouTube or on Facebook, but we will also often preview the topics and you can give your opinion on them and potentially get a shout out in the show. You can also learn more about the show, by the way, on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Yeah. Big thanks to Dan and JM Boots for hanging out with us today and for commenting on the show. Uh, thanks to everybody listening at home. People have left us reviews of the show. Thanks to uh, the Westwood One Network uh, that we're now a member of. So big thanks to Ashley Wall for producing this podcast. I'm Joe. This is Bobby. We'll be back on Monday. We're going to talk about hotels trying to lure you back, Bobby, with some big, big, big deals. We'll talk about how they're doing that on uh, Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Money with Friends.